Hi, I'm Iris Muller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and a proud mom of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. And I'm Alma Schneider, a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mom of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms No Fluff. Hello, everybody. Welcome yet again to Two Moms No Fluff, the podcast in which we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. I'm here with my friend and partner, Alma Schneider, and I am Iris Miller. Welcome to the people that are joining us for the first time and for our regular listeners. Thank you for being with us, with us yet again. Today, Alma would introduce our very interesting topic. Uh, thank you very much, Iris. As usual, we have something that we hope will be of use to all of you. Um, it is holiday get-togethers with the family. As we all know, the holidays can be a very tough time for people. Some people, it's, a, it's just filled with joy and bliss and good times and partying. But... If you're like 99% of the population, um, I, it can be tough during the holidays uh, to be with your family. Uh, oftentimes, there's a lot of regression. We, we regress back to the family dynamics that we grew up with. So we thought it would be behoove us and everyone else to uh, have an episode about uh, preparing for that because it can be a lot more layered when you have a child with additional needs or children with additional needs. Yes, so I would like to start. We have plenty of stories that are not uh, personal, but I would like to start with two personal examples today. Um, and this is uh, to the point of choosing who to invite to a family get together. And some, some families have uh, challenges just around that, like who do we invite and how many people, etc. For families of children with disabilities, this might be a very, very touchy topic because uh, the amount of people and commotion and density can really adversely affect some kids and really prevent them from participating in a family get together. Um, I want to give an example that we have a, a relative that likes to uh, bring uh, its pocket dog everywhere uh, she goes. And the problem with that is that even though my own child has a service dog that goes with her everywhere she goes, that dog is not trained and has very loud high-pitched barks occasionally. <laughs> at, at the rest of the time, it's very cute. But uh, every time that um, dog decides to suddenly bark, my daughter, despite having like her... Uh, ear muffs I don't know how you call them the headset that protects her from noise at all times especially at gatherings like that uh, she gets a, an extreme starter reflex which caused her to injure herself um, on her own wheelchair now you might be asking why is the wheelchair not padded why are her extremities not uh, tied to the sides of the chair they are padded tied and all that and yet she's able to somehow self-injure when she has a startle reflex like that um, even just by pulling against the belt every time she jerks like that time and time again until she tears her skin 
So uh, having uh, that guest with that dog on a family get together like that is a no-go for us. Another uh, personal example that I want to share, uh, something that happened to us uh, on the early years uh, of uh, my daughter's development, or maybe I should say lack thereof, it was still a very, very hard uh, reality for my husband and myself. Uh, she was the first uh, grandchild of the family, and we were really looking forward to one of the family holidays, hoping that uh, it would give the grandparents an opportunity to connect with the grandchild that was in many ways so far different than what they hoped for and anticipated. And we hope that being together would bring an opportunity for them to see the good in the child that uh, they, they couldn't kind of see before because of all the titles and disabilities. Maybe, maybe if we met uh, during that holiday, it would be a time for connection. And um, just a, a few days before we, um, we got go like uh, on our way to meet with everybody, it was brought to our attention that uh, they decided to bring another family wasn't a, a part of the family or even close to the family in any way with another uh, toddler that was exactly the same age of our daughter. And for us, uh, it was like, oh no, what is going to happen would be an evening full of comparisons of a totally able-bodied two-year-old and our child who could not move, not talk and barely communicate with a bit of eye movement. Um, and making a very long story short, because that other family was invited, we decided not to go and not to participate in a family get together. So I am sharing this because uh, I, I think that um, to make a family get together successful, we have to like be a little bit more sensitive than the typical sensitivity that we have to each family member, uh, member and their kind of needs. Uh, when it comes to families of children with special needs, some things really evoke more of the trauma of having a child with a disability and other behaviors uh, or guests or people in attendance can just create a challenging situation that is simply hard to deal with during a get together. My two cents, guests. Yeah, well, you're bringing to light the idea that um, you know everybody goes into a holiday event with the thought that, oh, this is gonna be great, this is gonna be fun, or that's what the hope is. And then when you have these added layers, it's, it is a reminder that there, we, have a, we have a new normal, or we, you know, it's just a reminder of, it could be a reminder of, of grief, of loss, it could trigger a lot of things that we might've felt that we were dealing with effectively and then it kind of punches us in the face that oh my god like my kid isn't like other kids you know we sort of got into this flow of feeling like okay things are going pretty well right now and it can bring you right back to square one and I think it's really important that we uh, I always think of my friend Stacy Pinellas who's a, a fellow social worker friend of mine and she has a you know her 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 line is parenting with a pause it's it's taking a pause and really thinking about how this day may play out, how it may affect us emotionally, how it may affect our child or our children. 
and to just acknowledge it and not to kind of go in, you know, with blinders on thinking, okay, this is going to be great, you know, and have these expectations. It's really important to hope for the best, plan for the worst emotionally, and just acknowledge that this, this might be hard. And just to take a breath and to take care of ourselves before the event, before the get togethers to think, okay, this might happen. You know, let's think about what's happened in years past or, you know, previous get togethers. Let me brace myself and to really, we cannot control for everything, but there are some things that we can control for. And I really like that, you know, it's sad that you were not able to attend that get together, but you were taking care of yourself and you were taking care of your family at that point. And that was the most important thing to do of your immediate, you know, family. So kudos to you. My virtual hat is off to you for having, you know, the wherewithal to think, wow, this, this, this is going to be too much for us for whatever reason. And I need to take care of us, you know? So I'm glad that you did that in the end. Um, so, you know, I have heard so many stories over the years because my son is 18. So I've been, I've been in this game for a long time and there are so many stories that people have and so many strategies. Um, but, you know, one of the main things that you, um, you know, kind of alluded to this, uh, Iris, is communication, letting people know uh, what your needs are and what your hopes are and what your expectations are in for these family events, because those are some of the things that you, you can control for certain things, and you're not going to be able to control them or have any sense of control if we don't express them to people who we know are receptive. If it's someone who you know in the family who is not receptive to things typically, don't waste your time. <laughs> you know, you don't need to get into an argument with them or to feel defeated or deflated um, or have them yes you and then do the opposite. They might have that in their pattern. So don't even go there. But you might be able to approach other people in the family and say, I really am hoping that you'll help me out with, with this, you know, thing during our get together that will make my time with my family easier um, and really come at it from and I need this you know my child needs this as opposed to every year is the same and it sucks and everybody does this to me and blah, 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 blah. it you know you're going to catch more bees with honey than vinegar so it's always best to use I statements and say I you know it would be really helpful for me I would really appreciate it if you did this or did that but again you don't want to do that to the people who repeatedly um you know or or who have you deemed who you have deemed incapable of addressing your needs so that could mean myriad things for you for me as an example might be um you know, I have to say my family's pretty good at these events, these holiday events with my son. Um, but setting, asking family members to, it will make it easier for me if they take turns kind of having their eye on him so that he doesn't sneak food or call DoorDash on a computer when nobody's looking, which actually has happened during oh, a, a holiday event. Yes, a uh, the arrival of DoorDash from a local seafood restaurant showed up uh, because we were all so engaged in what we were doing that upstairs things were going on on the computer that we weren't aware of. So uh, asking different family members to keep an eye on your child so that you can have some, some fun and some respite at your holiday event. So that's, you know, that goes with communication and that could mean a lot of things for every 
different person, asking for the help from people who are receptive and uh, being appreciative uh, for the help and um, uh, only asking people who, you know, are not going to disappoint you, hopefully. Yes, uh, all very, very valid points. I think that um, back to kind of, uh, we spoke about guests and uh, I, I want to say a word also about location. When families get together, uh, the location might be very, very tricky. And I want to remind our listeners and remind you about the story you were telling about a family get together on a cruise that uh, you somehow managed to <laughs> persevere through and succeed uh, when the location seemed to, at least when you hear about it, a total catastrophe for your family. But um, I, I can give an example from, from our family before we used to like uh, get together in an Airbnb. But as my daughter grew and our needs for wheelchair accessibility became more and more complex, it's no longer a, a possibility for us to rent an Airbnb with the rest of the family. We need to be in a hotel because of a variety of reasons, but uh, um, th that those are things that are important for everybody to know and discuss ahead of time. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the little technicalities that make things sometimes harder or easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the other aspect of um, location might be also the the content or the event itself. <laughs> what what is the plan of action uh, for for Alma and myself? Being that we're Jewish, we know that in Passover there's this whole book of that's called the Haggadah that usually you read prior to eating. But for some kids, waiting through that whole <laughs> kind of uh, scene in which each person reads a portion of that book and you slowly progress around the the table might be really a torture and uh, to keep a kid sitting still listening to that. Uh, I want to uh, invite families to be a maybe more flexible in how you do uh, religious ceremonies and to also understand and accept when a family, uh, a family with a child with a disability chooses to uh, kind of back out of family events that include um, ceremonies or uh, rituals that are too long or too complicated to participate with their child. You need to understand that sometimes the stress level of actually attending is so high, just trying to be hyper vigilant that their kid is kind of at bay in a way that it's just not worth it. It would be too, too much of an emotional trauma to, to attend and just be respectful and accept the parents uh, personal boundaries and limits and uh, and forgive. <laughs> well, I want to add on to something that you're you're talking about. For the people who are listening who do who are not the parents of a child with a disability or the guardian, offering to make accommodations for that child. If it's too stressful, allow that child to go in another room and eat something or to eat at the table and have everyone else not eat um, until that point, um, but to make it so that that child won't have that that escalated stress, um, but can still participate. I mean, that is what true inclusion is, to allow people to be a part of something in a way that is comfortable for them and safe and secure. So, um, you know, it and this, this has to do with um, 
people who are hosting an event that are inviting the family with the with the child with a disability, ask them. Don't you know? It's we're always kind of burdened with having to explain everything or to ask for things. It's a nice change to have the person hosting ask, "What could I do to make this doable for you?" Um, because we want you there, we want your child there, we want your family there, but we know that it can be a challenge. What could we do to make it doable? And you might find that there are a number of things you could do. Like I said, you could have them eat a snack at the table, eat right before the event, um, even though you're not, you might not, you know, be supposed, you know, allowed to do that, quote unquote, uh, for certain rituals. You're making accommodations. Um, it's it's nice to to know that people want you there, as opposed to maybe feeling relief that you're not there. You know, we don't know what what we're thinking about in our heads when we back out of something like maybe we're setting ourselves up, we're thinking, okay, it's gonna be a disaster. It might not be a disaster if you have people coming to you who are aware and being kind about it and saying, we want you there. We want we want to make it work. So yes. that's, you know. Sorry, Alma, I, I, uh, I'm jumping in here. I just, yeah. I feel like in, in so many ways, um, sometimes from the stories that we hear from other parents, mm -hmm. it's, it, it sounds like, you know, they, they are being invited, they are encouraged that everything would be all right, but then um, it, it's almost um, like mind-boggling to me how sometimes families get stuck on their own kind of the way we do things in this family. Mm -hmm. And this this is such a point of friction so many times that it's like just uh, three more minutes, can't he wait three more minutes? And like, no, even though it's an invisible disability, or maybe because it's an invisible disability, people sometimes uh, tend to not understand when the mother feels that the child is already at nine out of 10, three more minutes just won't pass. And uh, I know that all the other kids can wait, but Johnny cannot, and he needs the, the attention, the food, the, the, the quiet room right here, right now. And I want to... Um, and to maybe ask family members to really, really be respectful to the parents. The parents know the child with a disability best. Mm -hmm. And if you respect the parents' limits and boundaries and follow their lead in terms of what can work for mm -hmm. them, then they do feel invited and included. Yes. But if you invited them to the event, but during the event you have some kind of rules and regulations that might create friction between the host and the guest, then uh, then this this is the hard place in which a lot of uh, people that we spoke to in the past said, I, I'm not attending anymore, or I, I don't go to family events because. Well, this is a, this is a, what I'm talking about is more of a, an invitation to the general community to think about practicing what you preach and walking mm -hmm. the walk, not just talking the talk. If you are saying to the family, we're going to do this, you know, I want to make you feel comfortable. And then they don't do it. Then you don't go back or you explain to them like this didn't actually work out the way you said it would. Do you think it could be different next time? You know, you, you know, your parameters. If, if you feel like, it wasn't their fault and they could there could be some tweaking that's one thing if you're repeatedly in that situation then yes you need to back out 
and you need to have that be respected that it's 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 not it's just not manageable it causes too much stress and we're constantly i think with a lot of families i can i can say that this this go this is you know holds true for a lot of families that um we really have to balance how hard it's going to be is this going to be so much work and so you know as even if people did what they said they were going to do and they tried their best to make it doable and manageable and fun and safe for everybody it still might not be worth it to you and because it just might be too much work it might be too painful comparing your family life to other you know family members who might be there it might be too much and that is your right as well because our lives can be really hard for the rest of the year not just the holidays and it's you know holidays are loaded because there is an expectation that this is going to be so great the family's together we have all this you know we're going to catch up and it's not like that for a lot of families who have kids with disabilities they'd rather have one-on-one -on -one time with different family members that's more meaningful to them and more fun and and better for everyone so again going back to what you said iris i think it's really important that um that we go through the steps that we don't just say oh i'm never going to another family event because it's too hard we do you know in my opinion we do need to try and make things work but then you then you see if it's not working you know we're done we're done but um there are lots of different ways to get together with family it doesn't have to be at, you know, the yearly, you know, holiday party with the whole family. Like that simply may not work. And that's sad in itself. That is a loss that can, that needs to be grieved because it's painful, but it just might be the answer, you know, that we, that that's how we have to do it from here on out. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I'm getting really sad having this conversation. <laughs> I know because it's, it's such a such a hard uh, hard point like it's like almost the, the the whole holiday thing it's kind of like this is what family is for this is our our yes. time with family and it's supposed to be a uh, very positive and yet for for so many families the whole issue of grief and loss and the dealing with the disability there's nothing else there it's just dealing with the disability kind of head on is so challenging especially kind of the intergenerational gap it's um it's a topic it's a hot topic and unfortunately most of the stories are are very um kind of painful and traumatizing for a lot of the parents yet there are some families that just know how to do it right yes. and um, when uh, we applaud them <laughs> yes we applaud them and uh, i guess some some of the tips that we share here are from success stories that yeah. um, of how to do it right yeah. and this is this is another point we spoke a little bit about the guests the location the um, kind of setup of of the get together and uh, there is uh, one more thing that um, might be important, and that is timing. Some some kids really have, have a schedule. They might have a bowel program. They might have um, sensitivities in terms of like their schedule and circadian uh, rhythm. So uh, please do consult with the family also about the time, like uh, when would be a good time to hold the event and to have kind of a an agreement about uh, when when food is going to be served and when when bedtime is uh, going to be on uh, i remember this 
has nothing to do with that, but we spoke about it once that we were in the service dog training and uh, it, uh, before we got our service dog and the days were so long. And after all of that, we would come back to our uh, room and we had to still give the kids a bath, which was such like a fiasco every evening and would take like two more hours and nobody slept well. And it just, it was really, really exhausting. So a family vacation should never <laughs> look like that for anyone and uh, make sure that um, you try to accommodate the guests that have more on their plate than the others. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you're reminding me like for Thanksgiving, for example, I always try to make Thanksgiving dinner as late as possible. I'm usually the host and I try to make it as late as possible because with Prader-Willi syndrome, the food and the schedule and the routine is so important for the individual who has the syndrome. And if I have lunch or, you know, um, you know, the meal, the main meal for Thanksgiving at two o'clock, my son's going to still want dinner, even though like for everyone else, it's considered dinner. You know, they eat so much as for dinner. I can't do that with my son because no matter how much we eat at that time, he will say it's five o'clock. I want dinner. Even if we finished eating at like four o'clock, it's like, okay, it's five o'clock it's dinner. So it puts my whole schedule with my son and his physical safety, as well as, you know, cognitively, he cannot comprehend why we can't give him dinner. I mean, he knows on one level, but his body is saying, and his brain is saying, I get dinner at five o'clock and my body is expecting it and I want it. So it just, you, we all have to, you know, everybody listening, we need to defer to the family who has, like you said, uh, the most, the most, you know, pressing needs. Um, that's the kind way to do it. You know, it's not, oh, we always do it this way. It's like, well, guess what? Our life isn't the way it used to be. And, uh, you know, this is our new situation. Um, I just want to add something else about, um, you know, this is, it's an additional layer of stress, having a child with their behaviors or their needs um, that might be more than, you know, a typical person. But let's not forget that when we have holiday events and we're with family, we have all the things that the rest of the general population has with the family members and the friction and the you're in an argument with this one, you have a beef with this one from a few weeks ago. We all regress, as we all know, to how we used to be as kids growing up with our siblings. It's really important that we identify and acknowledge that to ourselves as well. And, you know, I don't like to say brace ourselves, but sort of taking that pause before the event, remembering how we can stay calm and not engage um, and make things worse and you know, have the party ruined because we're, we're back to our 10 year old selves about how we get upset about this, that, and the other. So it's really important to, to know that about ourselves, what triggers us. And again, not even having to do with the child with a disability, but it could be really aggravated, you know, accentuated, exacerbated by the, the needs of the disability it can bring up all sorts of other issues. Like nobody ever cared about me before, you know, and they still don't care about me. And I can see it because of how they're dealing with the kid. Nobody, nobody respects what I say. They still are treating me like a child because they're older than me. There are so many family dynamics that occur and are really, really exaggerated on, at family events because everybody's there. So it's really important to keep those in mind and do, you know, have some strategies like 
force yourself to be an observer as opposed to engaging. Just force yourself to keep your mouth shut and just look around and watch and see what everybody else is doing. Watch all the arguments happening over there. And say, hmm, I'm glad I'm not involved in that argument. Oh, watching over here how so-and-so is drinking too much, but I'm not going to say anything like I normally do because it gets them into a tizzy. If they That's their problem. Just whatever it is, we're going to observe to keep our situation as calm as it can be because we have our kid to deal with <laughs> you know in addition to all that other stuff going on we don't need it you know worsened by by that so that goes for the general population but especially for families of kids with disabilities i want to mention the people that stay home alone during the holidays if you decided that the family interaction is just too much to bear, uh, too traumatizing, too insulting, uh, too stressful, whatever the words you want to attach to that, um, I want to uh, join you and say that this is an okay, it is a legitimate choice. You're doing the right thing for yourself. You're protecting yourself from extra pressures that you don't need in your life. You're taking care of yourself and your child with a disability or the rest of the family by staying home. And this is an acceptable and legitimate decision. And while you might be uh, kind of getting negative vibes from everybody else in your family for not joining in, I can tell you that if you reach that point and this is what you're doing, it is okay. And sometimes the aftermath of it, you'll wake up the next morning feeling normal <laughs> because <laughs> nothing traumatizing happened the night before and that's worth everything so um, make sure you have something tasty to eat or a special <laughs> dessert you can buy it in a store if you need to but uh, just spoil yourself with something make it a little bit more special even though it's not with other people but sometimes even celebrating alone is the best way to mention a holiday <laughs> right and friends can be the family you wish you had so find your like-minded friends who have a similar situation perhaps, or simply can't be with their family for you know, travel reasons or whatever, invite them over. Um, and remember that sometimes friends are a lot more meaningful, you know, spending time with them uh, and joyful than your family. And that sometimes that it's a sad truth sometimes, but it's also a beautiful thing that you can make the family that you, that you need and that you want. Anything else, Iris? I think that's for the most part what I have to share. Yes, that's what I had to share too. I really, really hope that everybody has a wonderful holiday season and that they're positively surprised and enjoy spending time with friends and family and that getting together is a joyful experience rather than a painful one. And I hope that if you're hosting a family of a child with special needs or a disability, that you can use the tips that we shared today and help make the event go smoothly and make other people happy and feel good about themselves. And uh, Alma, do you have anything else to add? That's about it. Just share with us what your strategies have been, your horrible family outings for the holidays, your, your one, the ones that worked for you and that made your, your holiday better. And as always, give us a five star on uh, if you like this podcast and you want other people to hear it. Uh, we they, we really count on those reviews and the stars for other people to be reached so that they can um, have community with us as well. That's about it.
Thank you Thank so much. You, Happy holidays. Happy holidays. See you next time. Bye. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.